are listening to The Infinite Flow Show, where hip-hop, the gospel, and sports intersect. Probably got a problem Before they can stop me Gotta cut my power Like I'm Amish Hold the torch up High in the dick dog The dream works No matter how bad the picks are Cause I see how bad the globe is But they don't know How bad I hope is They don't know how bad We want this This ain't what we at boys Where we going Sure, you are the ruler, and you to my whole life. Oh God, no lie, no bite. I don't play both sides. 
Been sold out with the windows down, truth music blowing out the whip so loud you repent when I roll by. Got over money, my click, if you with it, I know when you ride out. The whole world finna die out, why high now? Fourth down in the fourth, no timeouts. Not in no upper room, do what you come to do, we ain't gon' hide out. Ain't here to punish you, Jesus is coming soon, hate it or love it, one day you gon' find out. Atheist saying, well, the only reason you with him, cause you afraid of hell. But I believe the hell was 100% real when I was still about here chasing mail, straight raising hell. Appearing to be real, but literally fake. I sit with a cheat meal, pretending to eat steak. I live with a cheat meal, pretending to be great, till everything breaks. Never been to the top, but I seen the bottom Well, at least I seen what I think is bottom But we all believe that we done seen it all Until we meet somebody from beneath the bottom And the things we wind about daily, they don't even see as problems Honestly, with all I've been seeing, it's kinda hard not to think that we the problem Hold up Wait, let it breathe Hold up Wait, let it breathe Hold up Wait, let it breathe Hold up Wait, okay, we got Cause I ain't supposed to be here Nah, I ain't supposed to be here, boy That's no lie On my hood, that's no lie All facts, that's no lie Ask my mama, that's no lie That's no lie Ain't got no need to break a boast on my past Sometimes just come to me No smoking mirrors, I live in glass Real talk, I promise you, I live risky Real risky, had church dust on my mama knee Loud packs of my Nike socks Deuce five of my dungarees Sixteen with that gun on me Might pull the pipe if you lunge on me Smoke loud like her dad Just ain't got no lung disease Looking back on my street life May not recall what that done to me My mind gone, I do it wrong Just pray God don't punish me Walk around with that weed smell Hitting licks for that retail Boy, when I say I had dime pieces I ain't talk about females Bandanas tied like bow ties Mama praying I don't die That's real talk, that's no lie I'm just looking back on my old life I'm thinking about how I came up my mind gone, I ride around with that thing too So I can fly over your plane, bruh Thanking God cause I ain't supposed to be here Nah, I ain't supposed to be here, boy, that's no lie On my hood, that's no lie All facts, that's no lie Ask my mama, that's no lie uh, they say that I'm radical, and I should go on a sabbatical. Go and take a break, go on a paper chase, and escape and have a go. My answers now, I'm chained up to my master's throne, the slave loving his master. Some of my heroes stay to them catacombs, eating up with them animals. It's radical and outrageous. Look how we move, but Jesus has saved us. Move what I make, but look at our makeup. Live it outrageous, making that statement. State and call us names, all called the same. Not to make way in a hall of fame. But the pray changes all of grace. You can say strange, but I won't sway. Truth like an animal. Yeah. Spit it out, give it out, live it out. Go ahead, keep your eyes on my mandible. I 
prayer, never eat my words. Why? The way I'm always telling y'all to read the word, yeah. yeah. Took my faith to places, there's no for hatred for the truth I heard, yeah. They probably won't kill the crate, cause I'm rep for the Christ and I preach away. I'd probably be judged for the things I say. I ain't scared of the beef, though I eat for late. I ain't backing down, I ain't backing out. Anything for the king is my rationale. UK to the ASO, wanna shame how the 116 eradicate. We ready for the showdown Never be a sellout Cause we already sold out We lock loaded We riding and ready for the blowout I bet you love it If I say I got a hundred cars Uh how they stupid soft We be going dummy hard Say the flow bananas They got them going eight Then end it with a punchline They say I spit monkey's bars Sizzle off the Bible Freaking homicidal Death to the flesh Pitch them off the Eiffel Lift it off the light Ticking off my rival Scripture loaded Finna get to go in the licking off the rifle Got over money, homie, you already know Ain't no more getting ready for the woe no more Cause it's already on We giving Christ to the block Really, whether you like it or not We still finna run up in the spot Give me glory to God No one dead or alive can make us stop Switch. I'm sipping that water, living that life We finna go harder than ever witnessed before We in the dark, giving them light Delivering lyricism Then they get up in them, put a spark to they heart of ice Death to the dark arts, let them bark Hit them with a hard bar when they bite Switch. G-O-M, my team We float in the dark, high beam Like Noah in the ark I keep trying to get them in a the boat like me But they say we the wax side But I know a hundred other Christian rappers That'll put a foot up in their backside <laughs> Better act right Tell them, tell them Ready for whatever, ever Pedal to the metal Heavy metal for the devil When we break kill We ain't going nowhere, dog. You throw Christian rappers whack That was your bad, dog. What he say? You won't earn a day, hey You won't earn a day, hey You throw Christian rappers off You won't earn a day, hey You won't earn a day, hey You won't earn a day, hey In a bad spot, never had pops Outcast, so we hit the block So I wrote this, that maybe I could motivate the hopeless And help them through their time on the grind, out of focus And as I quote this, folks twist, but folks just Open the blinds, it's like a shine, he in the mist And when it's time for me to go, tell my mama this That I was sent to this earth with a precious gift And I was heaven sent, now back to my resident Back to the essence of the place that I represent They can't break this because they ain't make this And when I know, I know for sure Yeah, you're having a white side It, replace it, he'll erase it. Now, don't that sound basic? We almost dead, rockin' taste it. Just having a wet sus. Fire all up in my soul 
Shadrach, Meshach, and been the gold. Uh. Come on. It's been a long five months since I heard from you. A lot of time to reflect on what I learned from you. I guess it's true what they say, time never lies. And moving on is the bluest song in the sky. Your little brother still hit my phone to say what's up. In my mind, I wonder if he think I gave it up. I hope he know we grew apart. Your mama tell you, wipe your eyes, it's a newer start. Meanwhile, I'm in my room trying to paint the truest heart. And who'd have thought I'd make it here? On the brink of my career, looking in the mirror, wrestling with all my fear. What's happening is something more. To grow, I had to let you go. I knew it in my core. I know you see me out on sore, smiling cause you're proud of me. I wanna thank you for your part in pulling out of me a dream that was clouded. Now I'm about it and I'm going strong. I pray to God he would give you strength to go along. You're such a phenomenon. Fire all up in my soul. Shadrack, me, Shack, I've been to go. From day when it was fire all up in my soul. Shadrack, me, Shack, I've been to go. From day when it was fire all up in my soul. Shadrack, me, Shack, I've been to go. From day when it was fire all up in my soul. Ain't been easy though. Got Jesus where yay say easy go. And my daughter kinda like my new best friend. Got a bad wife who double as a girlfriend. If God said the same, put a ring on it, I did that. Now we on the same team, boy. I had to sue that. I don't see no ceilings, got a master where the roof at, and we going in my tools. Where the coop at? Uh, we ain't never timid, show these chickens where the coop at. Rock, paper, scissors, beat a click. But you knew that. I'm just trying to celebrate this in my belly. Got the champagne glass with the Martinelli. Uh, ain't really too much you can tell me though. I got a guy who gon' set it off in the trouble flow He the real deal, no pony So let's make it toast to the rock, you jabroni Let's celebrate Hands up in the air yeah, 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 yeah. We done came a long way Now it's time to celebrate celebrate, celebrate. Yeah. Hands up in the air yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause God's been good, right? You better act like you know, right? Living how I wanna mm -hmm. Was a music guy beating on them lockers in the hallway. Couldn't ask swag if I bought it. Couldn't be cool if they taught it. But that was back in my bad days when I was sitting first chair. They say the places we venture, a Christian shouldn't dare. Homie, that ain't holiness, it's fear. You scared, homie? I swear I won't see him by osmosis. Nope. I got a blood bought prognosis from the age when shoulder blades held ghetto blaster. No such thing as Christian rap, but rappers who believe. Stand your ground, pound the mic, consistent with the truth you speak. You can watch the gospel stand on its own two feet. Really ain't that unique. Y'all just never seen it. Unlike the elephants, we won't let you ignore. Like arenas full of white kids all singing along. Make combos in the green room filled with awkward pauses. Don't think I don't know I'm window dressing, it's all love. We just came to provide y'all the soundtrack. A life like around you, a life's like sounds from the mic, right? Every creed of color with they 116 tats. More humble rapper tees all with their hands up. Understand before Grammys and Stellas, it was far from the seller that saw how you did cellular. Less network, can't tell you my network. I ain't got a clue, low dough was never fuel to choose the type of tool we're using. Just who and when we can better prepare you to make amends with the savior. Destroy your turntable, save. And you ain't gotta understand. 
thumbs up And if you from the west, that's thumbs up For us all love, you and I know we both can't afford to ignore Just hands up, east to the west, y'all hands up LA to the bay, y'all hands up, hands up Everybody, everybody, just hands up, hands up Shout out to my man Propaganda, from the mighty, mighty humble beast My name is Lecrae, I represent Reach Hello, and thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Merritt Robinson from Infinite Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message and God's Word as we discuss church discipline. The message is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Church discipline is difficult at times. We've had to do it here at this church where we have disciplined folks who are outside or who are in opposition to the will of the Lord. And sometimes that is very difficult to do because oftentimes you are disciplining people that you love. It's it's like your children. Your children, you love them, you care for them, you raise them, you encourage them, you want them to follow in the ways of the Lord, you want them to do the things that are right before the Lord. We always talk about within our, our personal family, The Bible says this, that we should not be weary in doing what is right. And so we want the individuals to do what is right. But when individuals do things that are in opposition to the will of the Lord, or they do things that are opposite those things that are righteous, there needs to be discipline. And so this individual here faces church discipline. And you might ask, well, why is it necessary? What is the purpose? Well, there's five things that you'll want to know when it comes to church discipline. The very first thing is this. When you discipline someone, it demonstrates to the brother or sister their faults. See, they might not understand what the standard is. And see, by disciplining them, they understand or they quickly gain knowledge of what is right, and what is wrong within the body of Christ. And so it is necessary to discipline so that the church community understands this is righteous and this is unrighteous. This is sin and this is the way that we are going to act as the body of Christ. And so it is necessary to discipline so that the brother or sister knows their fault. The second reason that we discipline within the body of Christ is this. It allows the church the opportunity to win the individual over so they might be redeemed from their sin. See, we are to be holy just as who is holy, just as the Lord is holy. We are to follow in his footsteps. God will separate himself from that which is unholy and unrighteous. And so we want to be righteous before the Lord. And so when someone sins, when someone is in error, we want to bring them back. We want to win them over so they will separate themselves from sin. So we want to redeem people from sin. So that is the second reason it is necessary for church discipline. The third reason is this. It provides the individual an opportunity to acknowledge their sin before God. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Again, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, 
God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. See, again, our sin separates us from the Lord, but we have the awesome opportunity to go before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And here's the thing. God is faithful and just. He is a loving God. He will forgive you of your sins if you are sincere in coming before him, asking for forgiveness. And so it provides an opportunity for the individual to acknowledge their sins and also gives them the opportunity to confess their sins, allowing them to get back into right standing with the Lord. The fourth reason for church discipline is this. The church itself becomes keenly aware of sin, so it does not become pervasive in the life of the church and its members. See, if you discipline someone, then the whole entire church body understands that that was wrong, and therefore they will not fulfill or do the things that they've seen as error. So the church itself, the entire church body, they become keenly aware of, again, of what is right and what is wrong. So that righteousness would be the standard in our life versus unrighteousness. And again, the church, the church should be pure and should be clean, should be holy, should be righteous. We want to be in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior. Amen. So that's the standard. But then the fifth reason why church discipline is necessary is this. Discipline allows three things. It allows redemption, reconciliation, and reformation. Now you say, well, what is redemption? Well, redeeming means this, to be brought back from the bondage of sin. See, it's real easy for someone to get off balance and to follow something that is in error so that they are in sin. And then as sin becomes more pervasive, it becomes a bond and someone finds themselves in bondage to sin. Well, we want to redeem people back from sin. That's why Jesus Christ came to redeem humanity back from sin. So church discipline allows that. As you discipline someone, as you show them the errors of their way, as you go to them and say, listen, my brother, listen, sister, what you are doing is sin. And we want to redeem you from sin. So church discipline allows the act of redemption, but it also allows the act of reconciliation. Again, our sin separates us from God. It separates us also from the community of God. And so we want to reconcile with those who have separated themselves from God and the church community. And so discipline allows for that, the restoration and the reunion to God. But then finally, discipline allows for the reformation within a person or an individual's life. Reformation is the change in the life of an individual so they are more in the image of God. The Bible says this, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You want to be reformed and changed into the image of God. And so we see that church discipline is necessary. Is it fun all the time? No, it is not. Actually, it is not fun, but it is necessary. 
And so we see here that this individual was punished or disciplined so that what? So that he might be redeemed and reconciled and reformed, being brought back into the household of faith. Now, if a person goes through this process, there's, a th there's something else that goes hand in hand with it, and it is called forgiveness. And note what Paul says in verses 7 through 9. He says this, So now, instead, you should forgive and console him. Now, this is the one who had sown discord, who was disciplined. But note what Paul says, But you should forgive and console him so that he may not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. I wrote for this reason to test you and to know whether you are obedient in everything. And so Paul says this now, once an individual has been disciplined, once they have acknowledged sin, once they have been redeemed, they have been reconciled, and then there's the reformation, the changing process. Forgive them. Allow them to be a re, reu, reunited within the body of Christ. Now, why is there the need to be forgiven within the body of Christ? Well, here's the first thing. You forgive so that there might be a completion of the redemption, reconciliation, and reformation process within the individual. God desires for humanity to be redeemed and changed and formed into his image. We see throughout the Gospels the offer of redemption and reformation that is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and offered humanity the opportunity for salvation, to be redeemed, to be reunited back to God. And additionally, we hear the gospel message or in the gospel message. And well, I'm sorry. Additionally, when we hear the gospel message, it should more than demonstrate to us that the only way we can be a part of the family of God or adopted back into the family of God is through the act of forgiveness as God attempts to reconcile with humanity. And so we see the very first reason for forgiveness. But the second is this. God has forgiven us so much. Thus, we should in return forgive others. Think about how much God has forgiven you. Think of how God has forgiven you of your sin, your iniquity, your transgressions. And if God is able to do that, should we also not forgive those who have sinned, who have transgressed? who has demonstrated iniquity. And so God has forgiven us so much, therefore we should forgive others. Yes, there's the need to, to discipline, but along with discipline is forgiveness. They go hand in hand. And in this case, Paul is stating that the punishment should not be so great, so extreme, that it completely separates an individual from the church body. Instead, that person should feel the, feel the effects of love that they can be reconciled back into the body of Christ. And see, that's the love of Christ. It should be made tangible. It should be displayed so that the person understands, yes, that I need to be righteous, that I need to be holy. 
and that there is the need for discipline, but that I will never ever be separated from the love of the Lord and from the church body. In uh, Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20, the Lord speaks about church discipline. And shortly after teaching about church discipline, you know what Jesus speaks about next? He speaks about the act of repeated forgiveness. One of the disciples, Peter, comes up to him and he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Seventy-seven times? And see, Peter was exaggerating the act of forgiveness. And Jesus' response is this, that forgiveness cannot be limited by frequency or quantity. We should continually forgive. And the example is whom? God. God continually forgives. And see, once again, God has forgiven each of us many times over, and thus this should be our example. But then Paul goes on to say something else here about forgiveness. He says this, but I also have written for this reason to test you to know whether you are obedient in everything. See, Paul is testing the church to see if they will follow in obedience. If they will also forgive, will they do this which they have been instructed to do? So Paul is testing them here. And he's more importantly testing the genuineness of their faith. And specifically the test was, was to determine if in all things you are obedient. Again, look at verse 9. I'm testing you to see if you are obedient here. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 8. Philippians 2 verse 8. This is what it says about Jesus. It says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient to death, even death on the cross. See, if Jesus was willing to be obedient to the father, should we not be even more obedient? If we see that exemplified in the Lord, we should also follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ as well. And so Paul is asking the church, listen, I know that you have done or enacted church discipline, which was right, but also you need to forgive. And I'm asking you to be obedient in this request. And so the church was asking this individual to be become obedient to the will and standards of God. But Paul likewise was asking the church to also be obedient, submitting themselves to his authority and ultimately to the one who had sent Paul, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And see, when we look at the inner workings of the church, one of the foundational principles that we see is obedience. We are all called to be obedient unto the Lord. And if we fulfill the task of obedience, then we will demonstrate the genuineness of our faith. And so then Paul goes on at verse 10 and 11, and he says this, And anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. What I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. 
And we do this so that we may not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. And so Paul continue, continues his thought concerning forgiveness. He says, if the church forgave the individual, then I, Paul, would also forgive him as well. And additionally, Paul says this, that he would go before the Lord and ask for forgiveness for this individual as well. In essence, Paul says, I will act as a mediator between the church and this individual and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the key is this. We want individuals to be redeemed. Yes, individuals are going to sin. You know why? Because they are human beings. They are human beings who sin. But we want them to be redeemed. We want individuals to be reconciled. We want individuals to be reformed. And that is the reason Paul is writing. He is writing to the church at Corinth and saying this. Listen, I have not written so that you might be in sorrow. I did not come and visit so that you might be pained. I came to you and I have written to you so that you might be reunited to the Lord, so that you might be righteous and holy, so that you might be redeemed, so that you might be reformed, so that you might be reconciled, and so that you might be completely found in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why I'm writing to you. Thank you for listening to the ministry of Infinite Christian Fellowship. Please visit us on the web at www.infinitechristian.com I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E Christian.com Peace and blessings. On this week's edition of our sports podcast, we are discussing topics such as the recent NFL draft and the Los Angeles Lakers new coach hire. Thanks for joining us. How much time does it take to run the floor? Get the stopwatch, or maybe I should stop and watch the Lord. Every day is a new 24 on the shot clock. Either get your shot blocked or score. With each new bright day that's dawning, each time night turns to morning. Grace is new, mercy is new. What you gonna do with it? Life is a game that you can never play it again. Would you stay in your sin or start training? Well, football is king. Isn't that what the experts say about football in comparison to the rest of the sports? Well, we just wrapped up the 2016 NFL Draft, and now all the so-called experts are coming out of the woodworks to decide who had the great draft or who had the horrific draft. It, it kind of makes me chuckle, chuckle a little bit, because how is anyone to know the outcome of these drafts just after they've been taken? I'm reminded of the 98 draft when Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf were coming out, and there were questions as to who would be the better quarterback? Now, I realize we have those hindsight being 2020 individuals out there who are saying 
No, no, Peyton was the guy. Peyton was way better than Ryan Leaf. But if you guys remember, and some of you guys might not remember, back to 98, but I'm dating myself a little bit, I remember Peyton Manning was not the consensus number one pick in that 98 draft. I remember the question or the questions about would he be better than Ryan Leaf or would Ryan Leaf be better than him? Even in the preseason, there were some who were saying the San Diego Chargers who drafted Leaf might have gotten the better deal. Well, we all know the story, how that came about. Ryan Leaf blew up emotionally. But still, this whole drafting, to me, is just a crapshoot. So let me say this about the 2016 draft. Give it some time before you start saying, this team did well, this team has no clue. Give it some time and let's see how these guys pan out. It's going to be two, three, four years before we really realize who actually had a good draft and who didn't. And bottom line, at this point, for me, since I'm a Raider fan, all I care about is hopefully the Raiders getting to 500. That's all I, that's all I really want. If the Raiders can get to 500 this year, that would be fantastic. That would be that would make the season for me. Now I I do have a question about the Raiders draft. It, they needed a lot of help in a lot of different areas. They needed safety help, and they drafted this kid out of West Virginia, Carl Joseph. And the kid is supposed to be a stud, but he's coming off a knee injury. So hopefully he'll be ready to play when camp opens up, because the Raiders have some big shoes to fill with the retirement of Charles Woodson. So I'm hoping that Carl Joseph is ready and able to to fill those shoes. But the Raiders also needed linebacker help. They needed O-line help. But I'm just surprised with, you know, the other needs that they that they had. They picked up Connor Cook, the kid from Michigan State quarterback. I mean, the Raiders already have a good quarterback in Derek Carr. In my humble opinion, they should have got, gotten a veteran backup versus spending a pick on another young quarterback. So I, I really don't get that pick. I don't quite understand it. But like I said, I'm just hoping they can get to 500. I need Raider Nation to come back around. Now, typically in the NFL draft, you see a couple of dudes who fall in the draft for one reason or another. There's this uh, young man, his name is Laramie Tunsil, who was one of those players. Now, he, he still ended up going fairly high. He went number 13 to the Miami Dolphins. But this kid, you know, just prior to the draft, they were talking about him going number one, that he easily could be the very best pick out of the draft. He's a left tackle from uh, Ole Miss, 6'5", 6'6", 305, 310 pounds, supposed to be a stud. And so he ended up going number 13. So he fell. And the entire situation that surrounds him, I'm kind of conflicted about it. It, Here's the deal. So the kid was caught on camera with a gas mask bong. I had never even seen one of those before, never even heard of it. Um, that, That just tells you where our society is going. So this kid has his gas mask bong on, and then he takes it off, and you see his face, and it's him. And it it kind of reminded me of a scene from the Book of Eli, the Denzel Washington movie. And so the kid takes his mask off, 
and obviously everyone is going to see it. And so the kid slides. I mean, it's 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 a bad deal for him. I mean, he this this kid risked his entire NFL future for a bong hit. But that's you know a twenty one year old for you. But then he admitted that he took money from one of the Ole Miss coaches. Talk about biting the hand that feeds you. And so, as I stated previously, I'm I'm conflicted. I want to say, how dumb can you be to do something that would jeopardize your future? But I also realize that these young men, and emphasis on young, are only 20, 21, 22. Kind of reminds me of D'Angelo Russell with the whole Nick Young thing and him filming Nick Young talking about you know, girls that Nick Young's been with, and then all of a sudden it makes it up onto social media. These guys just don't comprehend what they're doing, just because the the lack of uh, lack of maturity or, or immaturity on their on their part. And so you have these truly immature young men who need mentoring and discipling. I have no idea about Larry Laramie Tunsil's background. But as me and one of my buddies have stated for years, these guys who are coming out of college playing football and basketball, they truly need mentors. They need mentorship. They need someone to demonstrate what it means to be responsible and mature and a professional. Because when they go to these teams, the guys that they're going to be with, they are professional. Some of these guys have been in the league 10, 15 years. And so these guys need to be able to understand what it means to be a professional. Listen, I I know I made mistakes when I was in college. I went to Rice University on a football scholarship, also played baseball. And I made, I know I made mistakes, and I know I made one mistake for sure that probably could have gotten me kicked out of school. Dumbest thing that I ever think I've done in in my life. I won't tell you what that was, but. But here's the thing. I'm reminded of something that the Apostle Paul states. He says this, follow me as I follow Christ. See, Paul was speaking of providing an example unto others to follow so that they could become mature in Christ. These guys don't need these these NFL players who are coming into the league or basketball players or whatever the case might be. They don't need a buddy to sugarcoat their sin. They need someone to pull them from their errors of their way and not only tell them right from wrong, but model it for them. And so I hope that Laramie Tunsil and many of these other guys who are coming into the league and basketball, I really hope that there's something that can be developed that just doesn't preach to a guy or tell a guy that, hey, this is wrong or this is this is right, but really demonstrates how to act, how to live, how to do things that are proper so that they don't risk their futures. Now, moving on to the NBA, the NBA basketball uh, playoffs are in full effect. The playoffs are in midstream. But there was a recent coaching announcement the other day. The Los Angeles Lakers fired Byron Scott, and then they just hired Luke Walton. Luke Walton is an assistant coach with the Golden State Warriors. Now, 
I grew up a Laker fan, but after the whole Shaq Kobe fiasco when they could not get along and win more championships, it, I mean, it does not make it, I, I totally didn't get that one. So you win one and then two and three. You went back to back to back, and you guys could not get along to win you know, maybe another two, three more championships. So after that, they, they, they lost me. The Lakers lost me on that one. And so I kind of gave up on the Lakers. But now Kobe has retired. And by the way, his last game was amazing. Dude went off. Um, it, it was amazing to me, you know, on a couple of levels. Number one, with uh, Kobe being 38 years of age, whatever, you know, he's in his late 30s. But the performance and the excellence, you, I have to admit, I'm not a huge Kobe fan, but just his excellence and the drive and the perseverance and wanting to be the best and, and striving to be the best, um, th that's impressive. It's, it's really good to watch someone be excellent in their craft. And so... I have to have to admit that, you know, what Kobe did was amazing. But since Kobe has retired, the Lakers have some new blood. They've, they've got a really good uh, guard combo with D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson. They have some good upfront players with Julius Randle and Larry Nance Jr. They've got some really good young talent. And it's going to take them some time to develop, but they have a chance to be really good. And so Laker management gets rid of Byron and they hire Luke Walton. Again, assistant coach currently with the Golden State Warriors. Now, in my humble opinion, I think it's a bad hire. I realize Luke Walton took the helm at the beginning of the season for the Golden State Warriors while Steve Kerr, their current coach, was out. Uh, he had some medical issues. And so Luke Walton filled in for him, and the team went off on a, on a great run, had a great start to the season, which led them to you know, breaking the NBA record uh, once Kerr came back uh, with wins in a season at 73. And so, I mean, they had a, had a great season. But here's the thing. They've got Steph Curry, who's the best player in the league. They have Klay Thompson, who is an all-star. They have Draymond Green, who is a walking Triple double, they've they've got some really good players, and so Luke's job, quite honestly, at least again in my humble opinion, was not that difficult. I mean, they're the defending champions. You got the best player in the league. You got an all star. You got a a guy who who's you know uh, getting uh, triple doubles like nothing. And so Luke really did not have to do much to get the Warriors to win. But now he'll be moving from a good, experienced team to a team with a bunch of young kids. D'Angelo Russell's, what, 19? Um, Jordan Clarkson, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's in his early 20s. Um, Julius Randle is in his early 20s. Larry Nance, early 20s. I mean, these, these guys are young players. They're still developing. And so I'm just wondering this. Will they give him, when I say they, the Laker management, will the Laker management give him, Luke Walton, enough time to develop these young kids? Will, will they have him or give him 
enough time to develop them? Or will they give him three years? And if, you know, once they start, these kids start to get a little bit better and they're right on the precipice of, of maybe making that jump, will they replace Luke with someone else? It seems like teams, teams do that. They bring in someone and, you know, have that person kind of mentor the group for a, a bit, and then they bring in the guy. It's kind of like what, what Phil Jackson was when uh, Kobe and, and Shaq were in their prime. They brought Phil Jackson in, the guru, to, to get them over that hump. Just I'm just wondering if that's what's going to happen. I'm not sure. But I'm not sure if I was Luke, I would have taken the Laker job. But here's the thing. It's a high-profile job. It's the most profile job, high-profile job in the NBA. I mean, it is Lakers. It is the Los Angeles Lakers. And so he had to take this job, I guess, to a certain extent. So, Luke, good luck, homie. Hope you do well. <laughs>